Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's your favorite curly redhead, Mama D, with another episode of Ripples of Healing. Guys, it is a beautiful, sunny fall day today, and I am so excited. I love the fall. I love the colors that are on the trees, the bright and yellows and reds and burnt oranges and browns and deep purples. I mean, I am just like in love with fall. You hear what I say? In love. The air is crisp. It's kind of cold in the morning, but the sun hits you and it brings back that warmth to your body. It is amazing. And I absolutely love it. But let's get started with the episode. I got a question as always for you guys. Breathing. Breathing is the subject today. Question of the day. Why are you holding your breath, waiting for something to happen or the other shoe to drop? Why are you holding your breath, waiting for something to happen or the other shoe to drop? That is the question of the day. Well, I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive right into it. I'll give you time to think about this. All right. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, as we come humbly and boldly to your throne of grace, Lord God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace and your loving kindness. Father, we thank you for the breath in our lungs, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we're able to breathe. We're able to have a heartbeat just because you, Lord God, breathe your breath into us and we became alive. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is in the listing of my voice. I pray that you bless them, that you bless their houses, bless their families, bless their finances, God. I pray that you would be a God of provision for them, Lord God. I pray that you would be Jehovah Rapha and heal them, Lord God, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and heal our souls, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you open our eyes and our ears for what you want to impart in us right now, that we would be attentive. Father, I pray come against every distraction, Lord God, that will try to come in and and just take our attention from you, Father. I come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I ask that you have your way. Have your way in us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, the question is, why are we holding our breath, waiting for something to happen or the other shoe to drop? Instead, this is what we should do. Take a deep breath and exhale and put your trust in the Lord. Have you ever found yourself between what people say a rock and a hard place? Feeling that it doesn't matter which direction that you choose to go, that you're going to suffer for the decision and the choice that will be made. So another personal story. I recently quit my second job. I had two jobs and I recently quit my second job. And I started feeling the pinch of not having that second job. Um, I actually quit that job maybe a month ago and I started feeling the pinch financially of not having that job. But I do believe that God allowed me to quit that job because he spoke to me about more time, having more time with me. I have more time for the things he wants me to accomplish. So I did quit that job. And as I ponder on it, I thought to myself, Lord, your word says that 
your thoughts are higher than mine and your ways are higher than mine. So why am I questioning what you have said to me? So it didn't matter. At that point, I thought to myself, God is my Jehovah Jireh and he will provide my needs according to his riches and glory. And this is what I trusted. Not only did I trust that, but I trust the plan. I trust the journey and the destination in which he has designed for me to, to find my purpose in this life. Because unlike so many people, God has never failed me. He has never let me down. And so I can depend on him and trust in his word 100%. 100%. Because I believe that my struggle is not in vain and there's a blessing in the storm. So no matter what my circumstances look like and the situation I, I I put myself in, I can still trust the God who loves me, who has chosen me, and who calls me his own. And I had to remember in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Isn't that wonderful? That God will show us the path to take. We don't have to sit and and throw caution to the wind. There's just... We don't have to call 55 people and get their advice and what do you think I should do? No. God said, trust him. Trust him. Don't lean to your own understanding. Trust him. Don't lean to everybody else's understanding. Trust him and he will direct my path. And so I moved up to Pennsylvania with my children about 20 years ago, my family. And um, I... I Look like most people were trying to get a come from the inner city, trying to get a better way of life for my children, you know. And I didn't know that this decision that was made was something that I should consult God about. Instead, I kind of went on someone else telling me, "Oh yeah, come up to Pennsylvania, up in the Poconos, you know. They, you know, they got these new homes, and and you guys." You, you got they got these beautiful schools and so I did that I followed somebody else's advice and uh, let me tell you it was not the right idea and the right not the right decision because her like myself when we got up here and she directed me to the real estate agent that I should take to, that I should go to and uh, find a house. And so we, her and I, and, and a lot of other people have became victims of what they call a predatory loan scandal. And so this happened to a lot of people that came up here, like I said, from the inner city. So there was these crooked real estate age, agents that were lying on everyone's loan application about their income so they can get cleared for these loans from the bank to buy homes. And because most of us didn't know anything about loans, we were just so happy to be minority homeowners for the first time in our lives and in our families. And so we signed loan papers for loans called ARM loans. And I don't know if 
anybody knows what they are, but they are adjusted rate mortgage loans. So every time the interest rate went up um, from the federal government, your loan payment went higher. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine? But that was what they were doing, and that's what was going on at the time. So when I first moved into my house, I was able to afford my mortgage. I wasn't, um, it, it wasn't a struggle for me. My husband had been working and I was still um, gainfully employed. We had three small children in the house, you know, and then the interest rates start going up and my husband had fallen ill and he was now on disability and no longer working. So that means that I was the only person that was working, had the only income coming in, and this became a strain. And so like many of us that started struggling to pay our mortgage, a lot of people eventually lost their homes up here in Pennsylvania because they couldn't afford the payments because the people, the interest rates started going up in the banks. And so a lot of them even have to declare bankruptcy. So very few of us kind of stuck it out so we could, um, but to our demise, we became further and further in bankruptcy, in um, debt to the banks. Now, mind you, the banks had been, at this time, the bank's interest rates had been gone up. And then some years later on down the line, these same banks had claimed hardship and got money back on all those loans um, from the people who had to claim bankruptcy. It, it was horrible. It was a situation that was literally crippling to most of us. And so every night for almost eight months, I was crippled with anxiety, not knowing whether my house would go into foreclosure, a sheriff would come and put a notice on the door. I, I just was, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I tried everything I knew how to save my family's home. See, I didn't grow up in a home with a mother and a father and a, a backyard and a front yard and a lawn and a pool. I didn't grow up like that. So I wanted to give my children all the opportunity that I didn't have to give them better schools, to give them a home to grow up in, a nice neighborhood. So I was on a mission to do so tiring myself out, working overtime, working weekends. I mean, just to, to, to make ends meet, you know, and to pay the mortgage. And my husband and I were struggling, like really bad. It was terrible. I mean, which made our circumstances worse because, you know, up here in, up here in Pennsylvania, we didn't have anybody up here. We wouldn't, we didn't know anybody up here. We kind of came up here, you know, like I said, on the advice of, of a friend who told me that she had just bought this beautiful house, showed me pictures of it and everything. And I said, well, I can afford that. You know, I want that. But then all of a sudden my nightmare was the fact that I was waiting, holding my breath for the worst to happen. So I, I became depressed. You know, I had one less income in the house. I was the only breadwinner and the bills were toppling over. 
It became overwhelming and stressful, and I felt like I was holding my breath all the time waiting for something bad to happen. Plenty of nights I lay crying in my bed, pleading with God, please, Father, you blessed us with this house. Why would you let someone come and take it away from us? I know that's not what you want, but I don't know what else to do. I really don't know what else to do. So I it, I just felt like it, the circumstances became bleak and they became dark and I became helpless and didn't know what else to do. And so I started doing a lot of praying and I would spend like every waking moment just praying to God or begging and praying, begging and praying. So I spent those nights almost drowning in tears because I felt so sorrowful. I felt so guilty about following someone else's advice. And now we're in this predicament where what else could we do? I was lost and I became desperate, so desperate that I went on the internet and Google foreclosure lawyers. And I wound up giving this guy wiring some lawyer $1,500. And he was in California and he said he would take care of my mortgage. And of course he didn't. And he went off with the money. You know, people could smell desperation. You know, I'm in Pennsylvania, yet I'm hiring somebody in California to come and help me. Now, how, how, how silly was that of me? But when you're desperate, okay, a drowning man, when he's desperate, will hold on to anything. If he's not drowning, he will take you down with him. Because this guy told me that he would give me um, protection, you know. And he didn't. And it was another blow to, my, to, to who I am. And so... I, I was thinking about maybe I should just go and just file bankruptcy and just, you know, lose the house. I mean, what else was there for me to do at this point? I didn't know what to do. I was, like I said, I was helpless. I was over, just stressed. Just stressed beyond, you know. I didn't have any monies. Nothing. And then I found myself, like I said, praying a lot. And what I had did was I had built a house around my depression and I'm, I've started drowning in it and it became crippling to me because it was overwhelming. I mean, to the point where I was building a coffin for me to be in. I kept thinking I have this um, nice life insurance policy that would pay my family all this money. You know, when you're desperate, man, the devil comes after you. Ooh, he comes after you strong. Have you thinking all kinds of things. I thank God that he loves me enough to answer me, that there was not a cry or a plea that he does not hear when it comes to his children. I, and I know that for sure now. Like, I really know that for sure. Because one morning after I had cried myself to sleep, I heard a small voice call out to me. Now, I know there are most there. There are, are few Christians who have 
not heard the voice, the audible voice of God, but I have. He called my name just as clear as I heard it, Denise. And so I ran upstairs and looked around the house and kids were in school and my husband wasn't there. There was nobody else in the house. And I thought to myself, am I hearing things? So I went back downstairs, still feeling sad, started crying again, laid back down. And then here it goes again. Someone called my name, Denise. And then I heard him say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Why are you crying? And I answered him and I said, Lord, I don't know what else to do. And I know that I've been praying and I've been pleading and I need your help. And just as I said that, my cell phone rang. And on the other side was the people who held my mortgage. And they asked me, "Have I? what do I want to do with this house? And I said, I want to live in it. It's me and my family's house. And they asked me, have I ever heard of a loan modification? And I said, no. And so they proceeded to give me all the details and what it entailed. And that they would do everything electronic. They will send me by email um, papers to sign. And I would send it back to them. And that bought me three months of not paying my mortgage. So I would accumulate money to give my first mortgage payment after modifying my loan. Let me tell you, my mortgage was $1,859 because of all the interest rates that um, had occurred. And this was over approximately two years into getting up here. The mortgage rates were through the roof. So every month, $1,859 on one income and that was not making it. Believe me, I was not making that kind of money. But Look at God. It went from $1,859 to $824 a month. And I started screaming to the top of my lungs. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Ooh, you are a good, good God. Yes. Man, I tell you, tears of gratitude started streaming down my face and I sobbed. My God is a good God and he hears me and he takes care of me and he loves me. <laughs> nobody, and I mean nobody but God can take care of things the way he does. And he does it because he loves us. He is interested in every aspect of our lives from beginning to end and even the middle. I know that there are a lot of us that are out here that are struggling from one thing or another. But I am here to encourage you to let you know that you're not alone. God sees you and knows all about it. But we have to put our trust in him. And we have to pray and put our hope in the Lord. A lot of times we get into these, these dark places in our mind of what we've experienced and what, our, what the situation is that we grew up in. You know, but I'm going to tell you something. Don't build a house around your pain. Don't build a house around your hurt because you're the only person that's in it. 
and you will die in it. Don't go so far. Reach out and and call somebody. Reach out and speak to God about it because he is waiting and he is listening. I know for a fact. I, I truly, truly know for a fact that that is the God that I serve, that he is a good God and he's a loving God. And he will not forsake you and he will not leave you. You know, that's not what he will do. And I love him for that because I don't know anybody who would have given me the right answers to what I was going through, who would help me through it. You know, if, if I was being honest, you know, I didn't go to him first. But yet, he provided everything that I needed. So I got up in the morning and I put my praise music on and I started worshiping God. So let me tell you this. Even if you don't feel like praising, even if you don't feel like worshiping, put your praise and worship music on anyway. Listen to it. Rock to it. Hum to it until it resonates so far deep into your spirit that you start singing and praising God because there is so much to praise him for. If we honestly look at the many things that he provides for us and our families and the many battles that he has brought us through. Huh, let me tell you something. God never changes. He is the same God yesterday, today and forevermore. And he is faithful to us even when we're not to him. And he is patient with us when our minds and our spirits are unsettled. He waits at the door for us with his arms open wide for us to come back and experience this great, inexhaustible, unconditional, unfailing love for us, his creation. Because he is a good and he is kind and he is loving. Nothing that we deserve. But yet he still gives it to us freely. Do you know how important it is for, for that our father gives us his breath? We need it for our lungs. We need it for our voice. We need it for our heartbeat. We need it for the blood to circulate through our bodies properly. His breath, God's breath. I'm, I'm going to even go deeper, okay? In the book of Genesis... Chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and man became a living person. Woo! You see what I say about God's breath and how important and how vital it is to our life that we have God's breath in our lungs? Yes. God's breath. It is a privilege to have God's breath in our lungs. It is a gift to have God's breath in our lungs. It is a gift to, for us to breathe every day. God gives us new mercies every day. God gives us grace to sustain our life every day. He breathes his breath into us so we can get on with our lives. So if you find yourself in a place in life where things could be going horribly wrong and I implore you to just take a deep breath and exhale and then pray to God who's given you that breath 
and he will give you the answer to the problems. We have to trust him because there's nobody else and no place else to go. Our friends can't do it for us. It has to be God. There's no other, there's no other way that we can go through this life without God. I don't know about anybody else, but I need him each and every day. I need him to breathe. I need him to see. I need him to just love me the way he loves me. He is a good father. He is so much more if we just give him everything, surrendering it all to him so he can jump into the driver's seat of our life and direct it to the purpose through the journey down to the destination. God has predestined every last one of us, every last one of us with a purpose. But how are we gonna know that? what that purpose is, is we don't spend time with the creator. So I implore you, spend time with him, get to know him, and he will show you great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Because he is a great God and you are destined for greatness. We all are destined for greatness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just breathe Cause it's a man